0: I have, and maybe you guys are going to hate this, but I do have a limiter on, so I will legitimately always be the loudest. You can't go past little a certain sip. point.
1: Little <laughs> sip. Little sip. Shit. How'd you like that, <laughs> you, you, Mr. You limiter? <laughs> I transcend technology. <laughs> Call me by my own name. I'm better than you.
2: <laughs> Call everyone by my name because I am the best.
1: <laughs> Anyways,
0: we had some assignments.
1: We did. We had some we sure assignments did. this week, uh, and Miles, you, you're gonna have to come up with the answers on the fly. Yeah, absolutely. Think that would be funny. Uh, I can. We'll
0: start with each one of us giving the introduction with that tagline after. So, so we'll see which one really lands. Uh, welcome to Cine Dipping, the only weekly movie review book club podcast where the hosts are completely naked. Ooh! Oh,
1: that's so good. Thank you, thank you, thank
2: you.
0: Minus? I have
1: like half, half of mine okay. okay.
2: Um, welcome to Cine Dipping, uh, diving into the movies naked. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Love that
3: for us. That's so good. Did you just come up with that right now?
2: <laughs> uh, no, I had a week to think about it because um, I was here last Yeah, week. yeah, yeah. All right. He was just on mute. I was talking.
1: He was limited to zero <laughs> on the last week, actually. <laughs>
3: All right, uh, Austin. Welcome to Cine Dipping, where we do naked reviews in the buff,
1: exposing oh. movies and ourselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know what buff means, but that's good. Good job.
3: Oh, thank you.
1: Okay, mine, again, half good, half didn't come up with it. So, Cindy Dipping, we dive into our favorite movies, and then the second half is like something about our watch list. Because sometimes these movies aren't our favorites. See, Spiracy, we've Uh-oh. never seen it. <laughs> That's all I have. Yeah, let's work out.
2: Ass dive into movies.
0: Into, into movies? Into the movies? Uh, now that we perfectly <laughs> figured out what our <laughs> sentence is. Yeah, we good. had we had a second assignment. Um, we sure did. We did. Kyle mm-hmm. had
1: Kyle had two second assignments. I
0: did, I did. So did Miles. He was there. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. So Miles and uh Austin. What did we come up with for Austin's nickname? On the count of three, we'll all say it. One, two, three. Dean. Dean, Dean.
3: Queen. Queen. Oh, was it dean or was it dean queen <laughs> it, was,
1: it's, it was dean it's it's get here here it is dean d e a n oh
3: shit i love it
1: yeah right i mean <laughs> god our minds <laughs> great we passed the first assignment with flying colors
0: so easy okay miles and dean what did we come up with for us could
1: could we what? call can we call you bombay that's cute <laughs> Minnesota Miracle Man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Cindy Dipping, a rawest dive into cinema. I'm your host and best friend, Kyle. As you'll remember from last week,
3: this is Miles. As you will not remember from last week, this is Dean.
1: Hey guys, it's Coach Gordon Bombay, the Minnesota Miracle Man. Uh,
0: What have
3: you guys been watching? Uh, I've actually started watching Pirates of the Caribbean all the way through.
1: Really? um,
3: Yeah, so I just got through the first two, which are like the only two good ones, and... Now the rest is yet to come, but we'll get how there. Are
1: you, how are you liking them? Do they
3: hold up? Uh, I th- you know what? The first one was original, and it was, I think it was good because, you know, it was kind of a comedy pirate thing, which I've never seen before, at least done well. So I like that. And then I feel like they just really stretched it out.
0: I like the second one a lot. The first one was good. It was fantastic when it first came out. And I think the second one is very um, underrated.
3: I, yeah, I said the second one was good. I think the first one's my favorite, but I know it falls off a little on the third one, and then yeah. the fourth one takes a nosedive, and the most recent one, though the bad guy looks cool, the way they animated it, uh, everything else is just a no so for me. So
2: bad. So bad. That one doesn't even have Johnny Depp, right?
3: Oh, it, it does, but he is a shadow of Johnny Depp, right? He, he's he's yeah. doing pretty poorly in his real-life circumstance, and it shows...
0: It's it's bad.
2: Uh, I watched this movie called. Um, I watched two things, but I watched one called "A Perverse Guide to Ideology." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and, uh, I really liked it. <laughs>
3: uh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's not really a movie.
2: I didn't remember just quite how much it was like reading a philo- like getting a philosophy lecture, um, but I like philosophy lectures, so I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I do too. I thought it would be I thought it would be sort of a broader audience kind of thing, but it was it was not as accessible as I remembered.
0: What what else you said? You watched a, a second thing.
2: So the other thing I watched, that I really liked. Um, things okay. heard and seen is what it was called. That sounds familiar. So it's on Netflix and it's like the premise of the movie is that this woman and her husband move into a house, but the house is haunted. But there's sort of a twist on a classic haunted house movie that I really liked.
3: Are huh. you going to spoil it for us? No, no. I'm not. Oh,
2: okay.
3: But it was good. quickly to spoil it because I kind of want to know.
0: I'll go next because I'm very excited to talk about mine.
1: Yes, uh, uh Me please. and
0: Austin actually probably have the same answers here, unless he watched Coach, something else. Uh, there's firstly, no
1: one on this podcast named Austin. If, oh, I'm, sorry. I'm, sorry,
0: sorry, sorry. Coach Bombay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Austin and I, Coach Bombay and I watched uh, D3, The Mighty Ducks. If you recall from last week, I watched The Mighty Ducks and D2, The Mighty Ducks. This week I watched D3 the Mighty Ducks. Uh, and even better, the, the the series on Disney Plus. Incredible. Oh, so so good. good. It was so good. It was the most Mighty Ducks thing I have ever seen.
1: You well, watched the entirety of the series? Yeah, it was 10 it, episodes. It was
0: so it was f- so so good.
1: Incredible.
0: Uh and then my third thing that I saw was Luca. Disney Pixar's Luca. Also incredible. Oh. I yeah.
1: want to see that. Um, but uh, like you said, Mighty Ducks, Luca, amazing. Um, also watched the two Ari Aster movies, Hereditary and Midsummer. Mm. Was that? I don't know if that was this week or last week, but I I think it was this it. week.
3: I okay, but that. those
1: are two of my favorite movies. Definitely in the like top twenty, I'd say. Still so good. Still so chock full of. Uh, Symbolism and stuff like that. Stuff you don't catch on the first watch through. And that's what I love. Um I think especially Midsummer. And I do watch that movie once a week. It's a comfort film for me.
2: That is so fucking bonkers to me.
1: Yeah, I've heard it before.
2: I can I get it after basically I actually get it after like the first twenty minutes. What? The whole movie? Like it being a comfort film. Like oh. if you like Basically, when they leave, I'm like, okay, I get it. But, like, the first, like, segment of the movie is, like, there's nothing comfortable about that.
1: Oh, no, it rips me up every time. But let me tell you, recently, I actually watched the director's cut, which I think is about 35 minutes longer. Has a couple more big fights between Danny and Christian. Makes oh you hate him god. even more. There's an added scene that kind of changes uh it doesn't change the ending, but it changes the implications of like Oh my god, on. I
2: want to see that so bad. Yeah,
1: you really should. It's <clears> really good. Uh I think I'll be watching the Director's Cup in my weekly watches from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Despite it making the movie three hours long. Um, also, I am on the series finale of Mr. Robot. I've been saving it. It's so so good. Uh taking a little little turn at the end that i'm not sure how it's going to play out but save any comment on it for later because maybe i'll love it maybe i won't what season is that in uh season four is the last season okay so i'm on the very i think the the last episode's like a two-parter
2: i think i watched all of season one but that was about as far as i made it
1: oh one more thing also watched 90 day fiance happily (laughs) ever after season one in one sitting with Kyle's roommate is amazing. We both loved it. Happy to see some of those folks back again.
0: Uh, On that note, uh, what did we watch this week? I guess I should say, because it was uh, my pick. Uh, What did we watch
1: this week? (laughs) Uh, I thought I would take your part. Thank
0: you. Thank you, Bombay. Uh, (laughs) My pick this week was Call Me By Your Name, um, and I, I would explain it, but that's uh, what Dean's here for. Dean, give me that Deanopsis that we crave so much.
3: Call Me By Your Name uh, is a movie about a 17-year-old Italian boy that is the son of a professor, that f- and he falls in love with an arrogant, uh, in my opinion, piece of shit student that the professor takes in. <laughs> Uh, and... We
2: didn't ask for editorializing. No, this is a denopsis. <laughs> this is what de-nopsis. we
3: need. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he falls in love with a student, and the student takes them all over, and they have this fun little summer fling, and then the student runs away and just breaks his heart. We, we've got the
0: two characters here uh, Elio and Oliver. Elio played by Timothy Chalamet, and Oliver played by Army Hammer. Um, okay. t- Timothy? Timothy. Shalomay, uh, and you said you 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 did not like Oliver.
3: Oliver, he seemed um very. He uh, Elio said it. He seems very arrogant to me, at least.
0: I mean, I got I I didn't love him. either
3: yeah, starting with literally, I had the same complaint that Elio had. He's like, he's just like later, it wasn't like a goodbye or anything. And he like says thank you too much. And he just kind of like very touchy grabby. Thinks he's the shit kind of a person this is the vibe leg out from him.
1: Very mm-hmm. gross.
3: Pretty gross.
0: Um, my first note of this movie was when is this set? So I did just quick look that up. Uh, and it is 1983. set it 1983.
1: It says the beginning. But <laughs> does he? it? Oh, I, guess <laughs> I I've totally missed that.
2: Um, I had the same question as you, Kyle. And I just said, mm, probably the 90s. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> I, I knew it was in the '80s based off of everything that they were
0: like wearing and saying and listening to, but I didn't. I didn't know it was '83, <laughs> but I guess I missed that.
1: My first notes right away. I was like, "Is this a music movie?" Saw that sheet music, and I was like, Whoa. "I." I didn't know much about this movie except the yucky things I've read and heard about it. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed the music in this movie I thought it was really great really effectively
0: i did have a note in here specifically for you um which okay. is i feel like i am missing out on some either symbolism or just something in general from what's happening with the music is there oh, anything you- deeper that i is not so surface level
1: do you want me to talk about it like now yeah you might as well yeah oh Okay, so I didn't, like, look up all of the music, but I recognized almost all of the, like, classical pieces. So the one we hear going in the background a lot during, like, scene changes and sequences and stuff like that, um, a lot of that is by John Adams, and he's a minimalist composer. He did a lot of stuff, uh, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, mm. So I really loved that It a lot of the music was by him. I thought it was really cool. Um and he, I said he's a minimalist composer. Um one thing they kind of did, I thought they could have gone into it more. Um so minimalism, you kind of just take this one idea, play it over and over, you know, and you kind of start to play with it a little more. Like as it goes on. Um and we kind of saw that like in the beginning it's a little more reserved. It's the same piece. Later on it starts to play different sections where it has that same like melodic section, but Obviously there's more stuff going on between the hands. Um, so it feels like more full and stuff. One thing I wrote in my notes is I, I really, really think if they're going for this um like a oh, uh, music is a pretty big part of it because is a musician. He plays guitar and piano and he transcribes music. They really wanted to like make a deeper music musical connection. They could have kind of mirrored the facets of minimalism more in that way. Um, like, as it builds up, maybe the last last time this John Adams piece plays, it's like the biggest part of the piece, like the most parts going on, kind of mirroring like a rising action climax resolution kind of thing in story structure. Um, another thing they had a couple different Ravel pieces. Ravel uh, was an impressionistic composer from France, which also fits, you know, they speak a lot of uh, French in the movie. He also did a lot of pieces that were impressions of water, um. Specifically, one of them was uh. I don't remember the title of the piece specifically, but it's about you know being on the ocean. Um, there's a lot of water in this movie, so I thought that was really cool. But like wow. I said, I <laughs> thought the soundtrack was fantastic. Very, very. That is cool. so
2: interesting.
3: That was. Yeah. That was. Some in-depth music knowledge. Yeah, I could tell tell that I was
0: missing something, but I just, like, I don't know enough about music to know what I'm missing.
2: (laughs) I have a specific question. There was, like, there was a particular scene where they're discussing one piece of Bach music. Oh, I loved that. And then he, they're having this back and forth, and he's like, I don't like how you're playing it. Why are you changing it? And Uh he's saying, well, I'm playing it how Lince would have played it, or I'm playing it how this person (laughs) would have played it, and, like, a lot of that went over my head, but I wonder like, if you picked up on more or just have anything to say about that scene. like,
1: Yeah, um, not too much, I guess. So he's talking about he played the Spock melody on the guitar, then he does it on the piano, and Oliver's like, what's that? Not what I asked for. And he does say, "Like, this is how I think List would have played it, or this is how Busoni would have played it, based on List's version, which is cool because Busoni did transcriptions and arrangements based on list's music so that was accurate um and you felt like
2: the movie's portrayal of how it would have sounded based on those composers or whatever was accurate too or
1: um i didn't really pause and go back um Mm. it definitely sounded like like if you listen to Bach and what he played when he said this is what list would have done with it it's definitely like a, a more romantic arrangement of it, so it definitely fit for something that would have been written in Liszt's time period. It's like, yeah, it was definitely...
2: So they're not just completely making Bogus up. Somebody oh, writing no, no. knew something about music
1: there, and... No, that's not the impression I got from it. And, like I said, like, the composers he mentioned, like, Liszt would have written this kind of thing in a more romantic style, um, and Busoni would have transcribed in a more Liszt-like style, so... I thought that was. I didn't really see the symbolism in in that, um, aside from Oliver being like, kind of like a be yourself kind of thing, you know.
3: So there was a scene, a couple scenes, where like kind of forced Elio to play piano in front of everybody, or like strongly encouraged him. Maybe not forced. Right. Is that right. a common thing? Like, to me at least, I feel like I would get tired of that real quick. I would that get tired.
1: <laughs> that literally happened to me today. Um, our sink exploded, and the local handyman came over, my mom came over after she got off work, and I was organizing my binder by the piano, and he's like, do you play piano? And I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah." My mom was like, play something for him, play something. (laughs) I was like, okay. So I did, and I was like, that was fine. Like, I was fine with it, but I'd imagine, like, if that happens super regularly, I'd be like, I don't want to. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, I feel like a lot of music can be like a personal thing. I just watched Sound of Music, where like one of the main plots of the story is where the head of the house doesn't want to sing or do anything musical in front of the public. And Mm. like I can see how people have found that personal, that being told to just play in front of random people all the time would be like just, I don't know, ruin music for them in a way, or like it just wouldn't be enjoyable. There wouldn't be any soul in it.
1: Right, and I kind of wondered throughout the movie, like, what is Elio's relationship with music? They don't really go into it much, but it was kind of just on my mind, because, like, I think about that for myself pretty frequently. I don't think we get a real sense of that, like, a, a real, like, analysis into his psyche in that kind of way. Um, but I also think, like, that's not really a core to the movie, so it didn't really need to be there.
0: hmm Um... One of my earlier notes, uh, this is like the beginning of Oliver and Elio's interactions, I guess, or flirtations, is when uh, they're playing volleyball outside. And this is pretty early in the movie. uh, And everybody's basically shirtless. And then Oliver like comes over to get some water and just starts rubbing on Elio. Gross. Uh,
1: I I wrote, ew. I wrote, Uh, no, no,
0: no. It's just... He just did it. it. It was... I hated it. I really did not like that.
3: He also ripped the water right out of his hands, which I hated. That would <laughs> piss me <laughs> He's off. such a dick. I hate him. Yeah, I... Don't...
0: Love their relationship from this point on. There's a couple of times, obviously, that I was like, okay, whatever, but... A lot of their interactions I'm not a huge fan of.
2: In no in defense of it from like a storytelling perspective, it feels pretty accurate to like I don't know, like the younger person is sort of naive and obviously this person is kind of taking advantage of them. And yeah. but they're enjoying it and falling in love and like it's just right or wrong, it is the reality of a lot of people's lives is like that's just how Romance works when you're young and then it kind of like I don't know you grow up and you learn what to look out for and like who might be just whatever using you or taking advantage of you or um. yeah
1: it felt like a kind of a enemies to lovers lower stakes kind of thing like that's like kind of a trope you see in like other media it's like mortal Mm -hmm. enemies and they come to love each other but obviously like they weren't like straight up enemies like Elio was just like he's a dick.
2: We haven't even made it to pass the title sequence, which I thought was interesting. Um, There's, like, all this, like... I mean, it must be old Italian statues and stuff. Like, old Roman architecture. And um, it made me start thinking about ancient Rome. I don't know enough about this, but I know there's... Ancient Roman society was, like, more accepting of homosexuality than, like, our early society or whatever. Like... Um, I don't know the details of it but I was just wondering if that was very intentional. I know there's like
1: I don't know. I wish I knew more about it but
2: I, I felt like that was pointing to something.
1: There definitely is like um, like a symbolism being drawn from like Latin or Roman mythology specifically with mm. the call me by your name aspect. I'll try and find it on my phone I had it yesterday Ooh, and I, I lost it but um I'll try and find it and we could talk about it later. Okay. Um, Yeah, I just, I was
2: drawing some connection in my brain. I wasn't able to complete it, but um, just even from the title sequence already.
3: The professor went into it a little bit when he was there with Oliver. Like they had their own little scene and they talked about how all the statues that they were looking at and cataloging, they all had this curvature to them, that they were all just extremely seductive in nature. There's not a straight line to be had on any of these statues. They're all just curved and elegant and seductive to the point where he said something like they're almost just daring you to engage with him or something. I forget what the exact line is, but it was at that moment where I thought wait, is the dad also? So this- but we did tie it in.
0: Uh, so the, the next like scene, I guess, interaction between them would be what we had mentioned earlier of them of Elio playing the piano and doing the, those goofs. The, this is how list would play it and and whatever um and like immediately after that it it's a scene of him elio in his room with his journal and i don't know if you guys got a chance to read what he wrote in the journal
1: i did i, I did so. uh,
0: cuz yeah i did i did pause it and, and write down what he wrote in
3: both pages he's uh, writing about all of it right
0: yes yeah he the first page just says i was too harsh and he like circled harsh uh when I told him I thought he hated underscored Bach uh and the next page was I thought he did or I thought he didn't like and then in like the center of the page it says me and that's like circled and then he wrote Elio me Elio Elio me 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 all over the bottom of the page which I, I I did really like that
1: I felt like I I was missing something in that part um because it was just that one little interaction they had by the piano. I was like, this really took quite a turn. And maybe that's like how it was for him. But I just felt like I was missing something there. Maybe is that just me? It did like seem so- to, oh,
0: to jump pretty quickly, but I think right, right. we are to assume that quite a bit of time went by because he was pretty like cold the first couple of weeks, I guess, at least. It
1: seemed. That's that's true, yeah.
0: I I assume just like they didn't bother putting in more of the Oliver story at the beginning because there really wasn't too much. And then I think we had a bit of time skip and that's when he was starting to, to, I guess, they were starting to get along more and flirt a little bit more.
3: I think the scene with his journal on the bed is very important. Because he does, up to that point at least, play a very cool, kind of like it's not obvious that he's into them or they're not obvious that they're into each other because it's just his outside perspective that we see. But when we see the stuff on the bed, we see that he does have this internal struggle of like, you know, that like, I was too harsh or I. does he like me, does he not like me, the whole, you know, the whole thing you get, especially in that first love scenario where you're just so uncertain of what's going on. And I think without seeing that it does just kinda of look like he's kind of just interacting with the person. There's not all this behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff.
1: And the journal does come back later too. Um he writes in it more. I didn't I think he it's the scene where he's crumpling up all the notes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he does write in it later. I don't think I caught what he wrote in later scenes as much as the first one though
2: on Austin's point of it felt like it was sort of all of a sudden this like moment between them i felt like a lot of the movie was like that like there was like um fuck gordon i can't remember his- you no Coach, you're right Coach you're bombay. right gordon bombay yeah Coach gordon. gordon bombay minnesota okay. miracle man gordon bombay um yeah on gordon bombay's point of just like feeling like something kind of came out of nowhere or you were missing something like I felt like that the whole movie, the way that the dialogue was happening and there was always, like, a second layer happening. There was no... Ex- there was very little explicit exposition. It was like, they're talking, and only through their emotional reaction are you sort of understanding what's actually being said, you know? Sure. Um, over and over again, they're sort of... They're having these conversations about something, but it's also about something else and then they finally get to the point of like like saying it or, or whatever they're like in that square together and and he's like you can't say it or you know mm-hmm. it, it was very clearly intentional that there's sort of this like unspoken thing happening underneath the layers of all this like sort of benign social interaction
1: sure
2: I and thought i thought was I... cool
1: and I can appreciate how the story was told in that sense. Like they don't need to like straight up be like two weeks later, three, three days later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like if you're not going to do something like that, and I'm not saying that's how it should have been, it would have helped to do something that kind of told us time has passed. Cause I didn't really get a sense of that most of the time. Obviously the last scene, when it goes to like winter, it's like, okay, We have traveled to a new location or we're in the same place and it's, like, six months later, obviously.
2: I... uh, Oh, I totally disagree. I think it was, like... I think it was perfect. I think it was, like, the way the editing was and the way the film sort of, like, mushed together and we're getting all these cuts from, like... There was a ton of cuts from, like, loud action to silence. Like...
1: Yeah, those were we're great. We're getting a lot of,
2: like disconnected stuff you don't have a great sense of like timeline or when things are happening i think because it's like it's mirroring this uh, this kid's memory of the summer like mm. or of the guy's time mm. there like even towards the end he says like i remember everything it's like the movie is a memory it's it's not set specifically in time everything's a little disconnected like you remember the season of winter but you could almost put pieces in different spots, and it would still make sense because there's not like this happens, this happens, this happens. It's like I don't know. No, I, I like that. that. I loved that about it. That it was like, oh, things aren't quite lining up, or or I'm not getting a total sense of like linear
1: progression here. Like, mm. yeah. It now felt
2: that, like you that you that was intentional.
1: Now that you explain it like that, I can appreciate def- it a lot more. Um, I kind of wish I had that lens going in. Maybe it's just something I need to, like, that's something I need to, like, have in my mind when I watch movies, you know? Kind of those ideas and how to pick up on those things. That's really cool. I never thought of it.
2: I, I got it from the editing, I think. Like, you you noticed the, you know, cuts from something loud to something quiet. I was like, oh, there's sort of, like, there's even moments, like, they're in the pond and, together, and they're talking, and then it's a cut to them splashing each other, and then it's a cut back to them being quiet. Like, it was like a it was like a two second shot or something. And like those indicated to me that this is sort of like moments in time flashes of memory. Like, I don't know. They're taking these little snippets and just sort of interjecting them without any sort of like sensical cut, you know, they're not cutting on motion. They're just cutting straight to action and back to no action. You know, it's like, sure, I don't know. It was, that was really, the editing was very cool to me.
1: Yeah, I agree. Especially uh, the soundtrack-wise, there's just some points where the music's like bam, 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 quiet, silence, yeah. so cool. Uh, the like next
0: big, I think, interaction between Elio and Oliver would be at like, I don't know what it is, it's like a party or a, a dance of some sort, where Oliver is up dancing like with outside. some, yeah, some girl, and Elio is <laughs> just. Clearly, infatuated by him, he's just mm-hmm. sitting, staring at him like the entire time. Um, and that's when we kind of see Oliver with women, which we really haven't gotten yet. Mm. Um, and then Elio goes up and starts dancing with uh a girl as well, who we're introduced to next, and that's Marcia. Uh,
3: you guys oh sorry no no, I was no. Say, how do you guys feel about her or their relationship so uh
0: the and i may be misspeaking here but i think the general consensus is and it hasn't been explicitly said nobody really knows but the characters oliver and elio are portrayed as both being bisexual however in my opinion from what I saw from the movie, I think Oliver is bisexual, but I don't know if I agree that Elio is. But I that's mean, I, I, me just assuming somebody's sexuality, which is shitty and not, you know, productive. Yeah, I don't
1: think I don't think they give us like a clear answer cuz he does talk about like previous summers like he's talking about the girls and how he's seen them naked and stuff, but I don't think they give us a clear like this is his sexuality, which is fine. Yeah. Um, But it's just, he sex with Marcia or whatever. I mean, he did. Yeah. That was an indication to
2: me that it was, it was more than just, he was gay. And his thing with Marcia wasn't like totally just him being a complete piece of shit to her, you know, like,
1: no, I thought,
0: no, I I didn't think that at all. What the reason I say that I think that Elio is gay is because it felt like he Obviously he liked it because he's still young and figuring things out but like the entire time he was thinking about Oliver like even with mm-hmm. her and he didn't really seem to care about that relationship that much like he liked Marcia and like at the end they're like we're friends forever still but mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. felt like he was doing it because he loved Oliver and couldn't have Oliver and then he mm-hmm. just like kind of went to somebody who he could have like somebody that he had previous relationship with. And I don't know if what that means. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't need to be explicitly said, but it just felt to me like
1: mm-hmm. sure.
0: that was more the reason for that. But again, it doesn't really matter.
1: Right. Right. There was the scene. Um, I think it was before, um, Maybe it was before, you know, the piano scene with Oliver and Elio. I'm not really sure what took place, but he's talking to his dad. and He's like, me and Marcy almost had sex last night. And the dad's like, why didn't you? Like, yeah, that's I wrote that down. And I was like, that's weird.
3: OK, that was very weird. I also wrote that I down. I hated that <laughs>
2: whole interaction.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that happened before the infatuation started or not.
0: But it was pretty much right after that. I've got that written down here, too. So, Elio okay, bragging okay. about sex with Marcia in front of Oliver. Uh, it, it just felt like, again, why I think Elio was gay was because he kept, like, bringing it up in front of Oliver, like, to see right. what Oliver thinks of that. And mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, immediately after that is when uh, him, his dad, and Oliver are going to that like site and he like tells Oliver a lie of like, don't sit up there, come sit by me because they need that open spot for navigation or whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that was like their next big flirtation, I guess. Uh, And then Uh, the dad's like, why aren't you sitting up front?
2: (laughs) I don't think that was a lie. I think it was, I think that genuinely was like the way things usually work. And that's why it was a weird, big moment when, his dad sent the guy away that usually drives and then invited the the guy up to the front seat. Like, it it was... Elio was, like, shocked. He was like, oh, mm -hmm. shit, like, that's how we're doing it. Like, yeah.
1: That makes me wonder if... Because we know at the end that the dad knew of their relationship. It makes me wonder if he was like, what's happening there?
2: Uh, His dad was totally into the American guy.
1: That's what was
2: happening there.
1: Yeah. That's what I thought, too.
3: Oh, oh, I never so. thought about
2: that. <laughs> I did not yeah. read that at all. Yeah. That's way wild. That's the, a triangle. <laughs> the,
0: so so yeah, then they then they go to that uh site where they like uncovered a statue or something and that's when they say that that line. Or maybe it's a little bit later when they're going through the slides of like whatever you said earlier, uh Dean.
3: Yeah, the slides when they go through the slides and okay. stuff
0: um but yeah not too much happens there dad drops some facts because he's a fucking genius dad dad says a lot of really smart shit that just went over my head the entire movie but
1: i think I re- maybe if you're like an art history like professional maybe it would be like oh yeah that's just how this architecture is but <laughs> yeah. like to me i was like oh, this guy's cool <laughs>
0: yeah i really liked him but i was like I don't know what you're saying <laughs> at yeah. all. Um, and then the next big note I have written down is like, they're just, they're back of the house. Elio's back of the house. I don't know what the hell Oliver's doing, but Elio just puts, puts Oliver's shorts on his head and starts sniffing. Ooh. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, <laughs> Literally, this whole movie, the- every time he did something like that, and he does things like this a few times, I was like, don't let anyone walk in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I felt
2: that every time
1: Yeah it was so It's like the anticipation you feel in a horror movie
2: Oh <laughs> Wait that's really interesting I think that's intentional It's like
1: Oh I think so too that, Got me on the feeling,
2: that feeling is like Imitating the feeling of like Hiding the gayness or whatever Like Not Of having this secret It's like we're Yeah I think so we're, too. We're getting that feeling by these scenes of him doing something weird and feeling like somebody's going to walk in on him.
1: Well, and especially because like you pointed out, if we're to believe and I think that was the intention that this is told from Elio's perspective um and we're seeing like kind of his memory, like he's probably thinking the same thing. Like I I hope no one walks in right now. Mm. And and it, the whole thing, like It's always very secretive when they're together. They're in isolated locations whenever they're together. So I think that really makes sense narratively.
2: This is touching on something that I saw as another theme in the movie, but this sort of like hiding kind of like secretiveness. There's a moment where they specifically describe, they're talking about the mother and they're being Jewish and, Mm -hmm. he describes the mom or or Elio says that his mom calls them Jews of discretion and I was sort of wondering about this sort of parallel of like the being Jewish in a predominantly non-Jewish area and having to hide that and being gay in a predominantly straight area and having to hide that and I was seeing like clear parallels and analogies between sort of like this story and being Jewish and just like kind of like two different Whatever, marginalized identities kind of coming together, being parallel in throughout the story, basically.
0: Yeah, I had that written down earlier um, as well. Uh, and then you do see that, that that makes a lot more sense later, too, when Elio and Oliver become more of a thing. Elio starts wearing his uh, Star of David necklace mm. as well. And it does make. Immediately sense. after that yeah. scene.
1: Like the next shot after they talk about it is Elio in the pool with the necklace.
2: Oh, and one of the very first scenes there, they go together out to the city to go get a bank. And he says, oh, we're like the only Jews in this city. We're alone together or something like that. Like they said explicitly about their faith and being alone in it, but also like sharing that. A, a direct metaphor for them both being attracted to each other but but unable to like say that or share that or something. Or being alone in that in this city or something. The next like really
0: important scene, and I think this scene is a very uh I don't know, I really I really like this scene was when um it was Elio and his parents uh in like their reading from i don't know they got a fucking like castle of a, of a house <laughs> yeah their house <laughs> is so cool it's uh, their house. but like they're reading and i think it might be storming out or something and uh his mom reads like a, a story a german story to them about yeah. um fo- following his heart it was like is it better to speak or to die uh and i that was like such a touching scene like their mom and dad are clearly both like hey we fucking know <laughs> like mm-hmm. you you should come clean with what you're feeling. Oh. oh.
1: Wow, yep. Okay. I can see that. Oh yeah, that is 100% Whoa. I read
2: that scene. I I I was like, "Oh, they're talking to him without talking to him." Like
1: I didn't catch that. That's that's good okay See, i loved
2: that scene i thought it was cool
1: yeah it was a very
0: well done scene mom like 100 percent said hey follow your heart man don't die
1: yeah and we didn't really know that she knew until the ending too like we knew dad knew but well maybe if you picked up well, on that you already knew i didn't so
3: to agree with that scene like when she comes into the room she, like, knows which book she's looking for. And she, like, finds it and she's like, oh, this is in German? but she says something along the lines like that. But she, like, she knew what she was looking for.
1: That's true, too. Good point. So,
3: hmm I think you're right. I didn't I didn't catch that.
1: Good catch. We should have, like, a little stinger.
0: Good catch. A <laughs> good catch stinger.
1: Good catch. <laughs> uh,
0: the next, like... And this is like probably the most important scene between Oliver and Elio is when they Elio comes clean to Oliver. Uh, and this is when they're back in, in the town. Um, I don't know what they were doing. They were like getting his the papers or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's by the fountain. Like and it. he I don't know what he said, um, but I do know I, I have written down here. Uh, you know what things in quotes. Uh, maybe he just said, I wanted to tell you things or talk to you about things. I don't remember. Uh,
2: I don't know things. He, Elio is explicitly talking about his like naive youth. He's like, there are things in life I don't know about. He's like, what kind of things? And he's like, and then he says, whatever that, I think, whatever that line is like, he says, you know, what
1: things? Yeah.
3: Yeah. He's and like, then he goes on to say, I want yes, he why he's telling him, and then he says, I yeah. want you to know. Mm-hmm. Or he's what did he say? And then he repeats yeah, it
2: over, over again. Yeah, he's Because like, I, wanted I wanted you to know. know. I wanted you to know. I wanted you to know. It's like they're talking about he's talking about being sexually attracted to him. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, There are things I don't know about. I haven't explored this part of me. I haven't yeah. done this before. And he's saying, What do you mean? Like what sort of things? You know, I think knowing full well what the kid is talking about, but...
1: um... And I wrote this down specifically because we had just seen the scene where he's bragging about sex with Marcia, and now he's being so reserved about it and doesn't want to say it explicitly out loud. So, like, clearly it's, like, this is, like, a secret to him or something he doesn't want to say out loud, you know, or openly discuss
0: yeah i mean I think- ultimately he is coming out to oliver like he's saying mm-hmm. he is telling him and risking basically the relationship is
3: and i think he maybe might have just came into full realization at that moment because he says it he says i want you to know and then in the movie they separate they both walk around this monument and then he's like repeating it to himself like oh, i just said that i want you to know because yeah, he said yeah. something else first he said something before i want you to know it was like because I can tell you these things. I forget the exact line. And then he changes it into, I want you to know. And then he repeats it like four or five times to himself until they reconvene on the other side of the monument. Mm. Yeah. And to me, that seemed like, like maybe this was his full realization. Like he maybe wasn't sure of himself. He wasn't sure himself that this is what he wanted mm. or that this is what it was, but he said it and he's like, yep, that's what it is. That's what it is. I am honest to myself now. That's what's happening. I like and, that. Um, that's a cool thing yeah.
0: too.
3: I really liked that scene. I think that was a really good scene. How yeah. they split at the monument and came back together.
0: Um and then they like bike back home and I, I thought it was One fucking of my favorite
2: moments.
3: Wild when they
0: stop to get water from just a random person. <laughs> yes,
2: I wrote that down too. I was like, <laughs> they just stop at her house. He eats her fucking beans and <laughs> and like, they get give me some water. Yeah, the, I fucking loved that.
0: It is very cool and not something that would ever happen in America. I don't know if that's like a common thing in small town uh Italy or what, but like I would love to be able to do that. Just go to someone's house and say, "Can I get some water, please?"
1: That was so I did, great. I did get the sense that like everyone knew who Elio was though. Like he's there every summer. So it does it's not I feel like it's realistic. Yeah, in like the size of the town. For oh sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: a line that I really liked that that comes up next is kind of when Oliver and Elio are talking, and uh Elio constantly like puts himself down, and Oliver says, "I don't know why you're always putting yourself down," and uh Elio says, "So you won't." And I really like that line too.
1: Mm. I think I don't know why I wrote this. Maybe it's a later scene, but I did write internalized homophobia, TM.
0: Yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, we'll get to it. But then, then they have their little play around in the warder at uh, Elio's secret reading spot, and then, then, then we get another weird scene. the crotch grabbing probably- scene? No, that's after. That's after the first oh. weird scene <laughs> is the finger around the mouth. Didn't yep. like that. <laughs> Did not like that.
1: I wrote. Oliver continues to be publicly handsy.
0: Yeah, and then and sh- then they kiss, which I said, okay. And then Oliver is like, mm, we can't. And Elia says, I'm going to grab your crotch now.
2: That was wild. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like... It was like it was like a big tease. It was like when are they gonna get together? When's it gonna happen? And then they like kiss and you're like, ooh, and then bam, he's full on grabbing his garage.
0: And I'm telling you, man, you saw you saw the entire handful go in. <laughs> like you, you, yeah, he made. He, sure he made contact for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I found that very shocking because like who what was the girl's name? Was that Marcia?
1: Marcia, yeah. Marcia, yeah.
3: Yeah. Like at least the way I was perceiving it as we were watching, like he was very kind of timid with her, or maybe like standoffish. I don't know if he was like shy or what the deal was there. But there was obviously a connection, at least one way, with that relationship. And to see him be so him and standoffish with her, and then turn around like they kissed, and then he's just going for a full junk grab. Like th- that to me showed that he was far more into this guy than he was the girl in any respect
0: i again think, I think he was using the girl as somebody that's not oliver just anybody to get his mind off oliver but hmm. somebody he had connection with like it wasn't like he just chose a random person off the street but i no, I, don't I don't think, think so he he had as much affection for her as he did oliver mm-hmm. not at all and my next note is does ice help a nosebleed
1: that because yeah. he, he gets a
0: nosebleed, and then he, he goes for some ice. And I said, I'm going to have to write this down if this is a real thing. Does ice help a nosebleed? Anybody know?
1: I don't know. Uh, I'm, very I, I'm very glad I I'm very glad don't get nosebleeds because I would pass out or something. But I, did, I do know that you're not supposed to tip your head back. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're supposed to tip it forward. And I was like, I know that much. Sir. And if this is a common thing for you, I have something to tell you.
3: I know you're supposed to raise the opposite arm as the nostril that's bleeding. So if your nest- left nostril is bleeding, you raise your right arm and it helps oh, stop it's
1: yes. No,
3: I'm not bleed? even... I'm no shit, but I think that helps. They bleed independent?
1: Yeah. Oh.
3: Yeah. That makes
1: sense. Both so your nostrils bleed? I don't know. I, don't, I just said I don't get nosebleeds because I would
0: die. I've had double nosebleeds, but usually it's just one one side. I would double
2: die. <laughs>
3: Never had a double nosebleed. I
2: don't know if I have either. What are you doing, Kyle?
3: <laughs> I, I used to get a lot of
0: nosebleeds as a kid. I don't know why. I I haven't had a nosebleed in a very long time, but I used to get a lot.
2: This this showed me sort of like Oliver's perspective, which is like, he says, I feel like he says something that says, like, I can't do this, I know myself, or something. And he very early on in the movie talks about how he, there's this weird scene where he's like, well, I can't have another glass or I can't eat another apricot or something. It was an egg. Otherwise I'll just, Oh, I can't eat another egg. Otherwise I'll eat all of your eggs or whatever. It's like, yeah. yeah. Um, that yeah. was very much paralleled in this kissing scene with like this sort of like, I succumb to desire and it causes problems for me or something. Or like, I, you know, I'll go into it and just take and take and take. And I feel like he's done this, had this exact sort of dynamic before where he's like the super attractive guy that comes in and like sort of finds this whatever naive person. And um, I felt like this wasn't the first time he's had a similar relationship, whether it's identical or not. But yeah, I felt like there was a big parallel there just in the conversation and wording that made me think about sort of like Oliver's history with this kind of thing, basically.
0: I don't know if I got that he's done this before with like a similar situation. Uh, What I got was just like, he gives into desire, not, not Mm -hmm. that he's had something like this before, but that one thing leads to another and it happens quickly for him. Um,
1: I bet. A lot of this is, like, I wonder how it was in the book, you know? But who knows? That's not what we're critiquing here. That's not our
3: job. The our job
1: is to speculate.
0: Basi- yeah, so basically after that scene, when he says, you know, I am not giving in to my desire, he kind of shuts Oliver out. And literally and figuratively, it, very symbolically, in the next scene, like, that they're together, because they share that bathroom, uh, they like Oliver leaves it open to like, listen to him pee or some shit. Uh, and or Elliot leaves it open to see him pee or listen to pee, whatever. And then Oliver like very blatantly shuts it and then does not talk to him for a while. It seems
2: he calls him traitor.
0: Uh, And yeah, th- that was kind of it for a while for them. And then, uh, Elio hangs out with Marcia again.
1: I love their dynamic. Not like their sexual dynamic, but their friendship. I love those two together. It is silly. Having fun. Mm -hmm. Both cool with just banging. And I do not like
0: (laughs) Elio's and Oliver's relationship, which is kind of the opposite of that. It is terribly unsettling.
1: (laughs) That's why I was worried to watch this movie. In fact, that was my first note before I started watching the movie. (laughs)
0: elio and oliver do make contact again and oliver says see you at midnight um and the whole time they're they're both checking like their watches and clocks and stuff and i was like bitch it is like noon why are you checking your watch please i wrote that
1: down oh my (laughs) god it's so
0: unnecessary start checking it when it starts to get dark out come on uh, my next note before it's midnight is titties in my gay movie. What are you doing?
1: Why? Why are uh, titties? That. A little treat for me. <laughs> I liked it. I had fun. But before that, I have a note. This is where my internalized homophobia TM note comes in, because mm. this is where the gay couple comes to visit them, and he's like calling them Sonny and Cher. like oh, saying things yeah. I'm like, "What are you?"
0: And the whole time he's saying he's not going to wear the shirt that they got for him. And then when he puts it on, my note is, I love the shirt that they got for him. It's a very yeah, shirt. nice shirt. It's a very good shirt. Uh, my note was, I don't really get the point of the gay guys. There must be a more symbolic reason, maybe to show how much his parents uh, don't care yeah. about sexuality. That's what I've Because the right
1: dad, The dad says that. He's like, they're just regular people. Be yeah. nice. I mean, I think
2: it is. I think it's exactly what Austin said too. I mean, I think it's to show that it's to show.
0: Coach Bombay Miles. Gordon Bombay.
2: (laughs) I think it's exactly (laughs) what Gordon Bombay said. Is like the the internalized homophobia. It's to show his own battle with this. Is like he is not accepting of them completely in the same way he's not accepting of himself completely.
0: Uh, apparently I was feeling some type of way, and I wrote, "I do not get the appeal of Oliver. I don't understand the relationship at all, other than lust."
1: No, because it is predatory. This is an also, adult
0: man. Like right when we get the title of the movie, and I do not understand this. Maybe one of you can explain it to me. But I wrote, "I do not get the meaning of calling each other by their own names." It seems
1: this weird is to me. what No. no. This is what I said I was looking up on my phone and I did find it. We can do you wanna discuss it now or please back?
3: please please please
1: wait, I
2: wanna say also there's a line in um Lil Nas X's thing, I wanna fuck the ones I envy in his song, Call Me by Your Name and I think that yeah. it's sort of in relationship to this same question is like
3: just think about that. <clears throat> being sure. narcissistic, is that what it is?
1: Well, Maybe I can I, work,
2: I to
3: say
1: Yeah, yeah. Am I allowed Am I allowed to read like verbatim from uh, an yeah. article? Or yeah, okay. I can say where it's from. I, I yeah, it so clear. this is in Vox.com. It was written or published in 2017 by Alyssa Wilkinson. It's kinda long, but um uh so this reference is to Plato's Symposium from Greek pathology. It's Mm -hmm. that humans were created as four-armed, four-legged, and two-faced creatures split apart by Zeus and condemned to spend life searching for their other halves. Um, So when one of them meets the other halves, um, it's like the actual self coming together. Um, And this says, the actual half of himself, whether he be a lover of youth or a lover of another sort, the pair are lost in an amazement of love and friendship and intimacy and uh, and would not be out of the other's sight. So I'm not really sure how that goes with the naming convention, but it's kind of like you're finding your soulmate, I guess. And we uh, we know that Oliver is like, assumingly a grad student of this kind of literature, um. So I wouldn't. I feel like it kind of fits that, and this isn't like confirmed or anything. It's just a theory, or um, that was this article was based around, but. I think it kind of makes a lot of sense, especially if because this was posed by Oliver. He's like, "Call me by your name, whatever." Yeah, that was his quote. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he might have been referencing something like this.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't get it. I I I, just don't. I think it's weird to like say your own name. Yeah, that was so weird.
1: (laughs) Terribly weird. I agree.
3: I get the part of being, so like you said, the thing that like you're finding your soulmate, you're better, you're a second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, it's the reflection of yourself. So you're half a person and this is the other half. You two complete each other. Right. So you're saying it like, this is me. Kind of like, you know what I'm saying?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And if you take in the Plato aspect of it, it's like you are not separate people. You are one person that was split in half. That is, if, if this is what it was based on. I totally, right? on I part. like that.
2: I love that.
1: I do too. I think it makes a lot of sense, even though the line itself is, I don't know. I don't know what if it's referencing. Maybe it's a literary thing. It's like a metaphor to something like this. Who knows?
0: Next, we've got some NSFW scenes. Are you, are you boys ready?
1: <laughs> yeah, I wrote Oliver's creepy as fuck once more. And then under <laughs> so- it, I wrote and again. And under that, I wrote and again (laughs) so
0: so the next uh big scene is um they're just chilling out in Oliver's bedroom real quick and uh, Elia goes to his room and Oliver calls him over and just slurps him off real quick just a quick little (laughs) just a quick (laughs) and I do mean I do mean pulls his pants down maybe like th- and they added some just very explicit slurping sounds here it was super unnecessary <laughs> it was, oh my it god it was so loud yeah. so unnecessary
1: and it was so loud it was so
0: loud uh and then he just like pulls it back up slams the door and says i right, bye um
3: he says you can still get hard or something. Yeah. Oh, you can still get hard.
0: I didn't get the point of that. I I wrote, is it to make sure that he still wants it midday? Like, it's not just like a midnight lust thing. I don't know.
1: And that's so gross because he knows clearly Elio wants it. Obviously, he knows he knows this. I
0: I
3: really didn't get the point of it. Like, he wants to make sure he's still on the hook, but also wants to set the hook even harder because he wants to keep going, too.
0: Yeah, I,
1: I, And I definitely agree. I think that's like it. what it is. I, and I think that makes it worse.
0: We get the peach scene. What we've all been waiting for. <laughs> but <ba, ba>, <laughs> every single one of us has been in this entire movie for when Elio fucks a peach.
3: I skipped it. You skipped
0: it?
1: (laughs) Why did you skip it?
3: I've seen it, and I didn't want to go through watching a 17-year-old kid masturbate with a peach. It makes me so incredibly uncomfortable, so I skipped it.
0: I cannot believe you skipped the peach scene.
1: Dean, Dean, it's Pride Month. (laughs) Dean. I didn't write anything here, but I was unsettled because... God, that would have been so sticky, and I don't like being sticky yeah, I he, he got it. peach he juice everywhere. He went yeah, to bed so with nice. he went to bed sticky <laughs> <a> <laughs> sticky dude
2: I, I've done a nasty jerk and just fallen <laughs> afterwards but...
0: what um no
1: I could not go to bed sticky no way it's i hard. yeah
0: have an import a very important note from the director here. this is this is like the one thing that i got from trying to find some interviews and it's incredible so it was a an interview with the director and the writer of the book and they were just kind of talking about the iconic peach scene the the writer of the book said i wrote it and i said this is a little this is a little much maybe i shouldn't but oh but he's like but no i i i feel like it was important to be in there just to kind of show like He's still learning about his sexuality and, and whatever. Uh and then the director says, Yeah, I thought about cutting it because I just didn't know like the practicality of it. And they said, So I myself fucked a peach <laughs> to, oh. to see if it can be done. <laughs> and he said, It can. <laughs> it can
2: <laughs> Oh my
1: god!
2: Wow, <laughs> holy shit, dude! I yeah,
0: get it. That's in that's, a literary <laughs> sense, but that's the the oh, one fucking interview that, <laughs> that I
1: could find. And uh, is that why you like to buy peaches, Kyle?
0: I love peaches for to fuck them
2: specifically. There was a solid minimum of one month period where every. Like, every single week, Kyle would send a picture of him eating a peach. Sure was. this movie. <laughs> yeah. Not because of this movie,
0: because I like peaches. And then I said, oh, that's right, he fucks a peach in this movie.
2: Sure does. We got a Snapchat every day for two weeks that said, call me by your name with a picture of a half-molested peach. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> uh... Then my next note is,
0: <laughs> uh, Oliver has great hair.
1: <laughs> okay. I liked Elio's hair better.
0: Uh, just I think this is when Oliver's hair peaked, I guess. I don't know why I wrote it now, but
1: he's got good hair.
0: Um, I think I wasn't
1: paying attention because I was so terribly angry at him. I he didn't seen.
0: write too many notes much after, but after Elio fucks the peach, Oliver goes up and says... I'm gonna eat that peach now. Yeah, and he, he, dips, so he dips he, his fingers he in it. Slurps. In. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue, yes. Miles. Oh.
2: Sorry. He fucking slurps his dong and tastes the peach, and he's like, "Oh, what's happening here?" And then, yeah, eats the fucking peach. He does not oh, eat.
0: Man. He does not eat it. Elio says, "Please do not do that." Okay, I the only
1: reasonable one in this fucking movie. I wrote that down too, but before that, we missed something. And it's the part where Oliver says he was worried that Elio would think that he was molested by him. Him, That Elio was molested by Oliver. Which, in fact, did happen, because Elio is a child, and he is a grown man.
3: Yes, then, yes. I did write that down. Age difference, what the hell.
1: Then yes, Elio doesn't just say don't eat it, he says, you're hurting me, and Oliver says, I- if you would stop fighting. Yuck! Yeah, that ew, 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 ew. This scene sucks. I hate it. It's gross. I don't like it. it makes me uncomfy. Uh, then,
0: after this scene, like not too much happens, but they send uh, Elio... El- or Oliver is basically done here, and he- where are they going? Like, what's the point of...
3: Uh, like when they go off and like frolic around in the waterfall yeah, and stuff? Yeah, they've just
0: got a couple of days where they can be together alone. And then they get like drunk and they're lovers in the city. And then my next big note is that when Elio vomited and then Oliver almost immediately kissed him, I said, no, why, why are oh, you doing a vomit ew, kiss? Yeah. P- please don't vomit kiss. No, thank you.
1: Uh, I read that the- Army Hammer said the most uncomfortable scene to film in this movie was that dancing scene um not sure if it, really? that was probably because of that but that had to be like special effects right so i don't know why that scene was so uncomfortable it's rather than like that's a
2: weird scene to say was the most uncomfortable of the
1: film right 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 yeah
3: so it's like their last day together kind of a thing and then he pulls elio along because he hears this song he wants to listen to and they go all the way there and it's a little weird because they're drunk and they're a little belligerent with these people in their car but instead of like Dancing with Elio or something. He goes and grabs this random woman and dances with her instead. And this is like their last night together. And I guess, I don't know. I I would feel like if this is your last night, uh, not being socially acceptable there or not, you would think that you would dance with Elio in that situation. I think it
0: might have been a little foreshadowing. Oh. Uh, I I don't know what the point of it was but i from the way i see it it was just a little bit of foreshadowing like their time their time together is over
1: some dance shadowing i just think it was a shitty thing for him to do to just like leave the underage child he's preying on to throw up on the sidewalk (laughs) but what do we expect from him at this point
0: oliver goes back home and elio is just a, a, a mess. He he calls his mom to come pick him up from the oh, the train station.
2: That broke my heart.
0: Uh, and on their way back, they stop in that little town that him and Oliver had stopped in many times. And he sees Marcia, uh, and Marcia seemingly understands, like, oh, Oliver's gone. He had a thing with Oliver, and then mm-hmm. they they make up and say like, we're still friends forever. Like I that I was don't so care. Sweet what happened happened but we'll always be friends um i loved her which i think the whole point of them stopping in the town was just to finish off marcia's storyline they go back home and uh elio has a very important talk with his dad his dad's monologue was incredible it was basically a poem like he spoke so dad is the smartest fucking person ever born and says just like amazing things and this is also when we find out that uh his dad also has uh, an attraction towards men or had an attraction towards a man which mm-hmm. could have been Oliver I I don't I don't know I've n- I didn't make that connection like you did earlier but um, I don't think
2: I think when he's talking about that he's literally talking about his youth but I think that as he was also attracted to Oliver realizing that now but yeah
0: If I could have written down that entire monologue, I would have because it was incredible. But that's that right there was the best part of the movie for me was what dad just said.
1: I yeah. Very good speech, Kyle. I actually wrote down the cliff notes version. Oh, you did Um, headline headline. Gay father endorses predatory relationship between sexual predator (laughs) teenage son. (laughs) Good speech. Yucky.
0: (laughs) uh then we get the 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 fast forward the time skip of we're suddenly in winter and uh oliver calls elio picks up they have a quick talk and we find out that oliver is getting engaged and he called just to tell them he's getting engaged which sends elio into a spiral and that's basically the end of the movie elio is just sobbing well he's not sobbing he's just very uh upset in front of the fire yeah. and staring at the camera
2: to a good ass Suf John Stevens
1: song.
0: Very good. Sufjan. Very good song.
2: Sorry. Suf.
1: I wrote Lordy. What a cool credits rollout. So I, good. I did love so that good. credits rollout. It is very, very awesome. When
2: the credits were rolling, I was like, Oh, this is how we play this
1: out. Um, before we end the movie, I didn't bring this up before because this was the last instance of it. Who else was checking out those flies throughout this movie? Anybody else have a fly tally going on? <laughs> there there was a lot
0: of flies. I noticed it earlier. I, I did not notice it at the end, but when I was looking through yep. Letterboxd reviews, Letterboxd reviewers noticed the flies. <laughs> Let but me tell you, baby, there's, so many, there's so many reviews mentioning the fucking flies at the end.
1: And people are talking about it. I have Reddit, a Reddit post pulled up about it. There was an article written about it. Um, Slate.com, Eleanor Cummings in December 2017 It's talking about why the flies are showing up basically lots of flies in Italy they lived like not maybe not on an orchard but there's a lot of fruit so obviously there's going to be mm-hmm. flies apparently the director did not explain why the flies are all over the place but some people are drawing um some comparisons to flies uh historically being like a sign of disease spreading and how this is set in the 80s, and that's when the AIDS uh, epidemic was going on too. So that could be, however, not confirmed. But...
2: My instinct says the flies were just on set because they were shooting in Italy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. But the one at the end, I was like, man, if you're trying to do something with these flies, a fly flying up on him in the dead of winter, very cool. But I think you're right. It's just, <laughs> how are you going to keep flies out you, of I this I love that area?
2: interpretation of it, though. I mean, it's like, art is up for interpretation. And when you see something Agreed. that has meaning, it doesn't invalidate it because it wasn't necessarily intentional. Like, yeah. I like that. Mm. I like that interpretation of the flies.
1: My music theory professor always told us if you can make a solid argument for something, then that's what it is. You know, it's up for interpretation. It's subjective. Exactly. You can make a solid argument of it. That's what it is. That's a uh. Oh, I lost the word. It, you know, it's a, it's a uh, solid take. For lack of better words.
2: Hmm.
0: Um. Did y'all get your letterboxed reviews? I did. Okay.
1: Can I go last?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, can I go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Can I go second?
0: Yes, I'll go third, I guess. Uh, let's hear
3: it, Dean. All right. So I, my letterbox box review doesn't necessarily reflect my overall opinion of the movie, but here we go. Uh, this is a half star 0 out of five. Perfect. It goes. I have a couple things to say. One, this was pretty boring. Two, Elliot was very clearly a child. He acted like a child. His dad called him Ellie Belly, and in conclusion. Oliver, a fully grown man, should have left him the fuck alone. Three, the only part of the movie I liked were the parents. Basically, us gays need to demand a non-predatory movie about us.
1: Yes! Uh, Sorry.
3: And that is the end. Okay. Yes!
1: True.
3: But even though I don't completely agree with it being half a star, I think she has a very strong point. Thank you, Elizabeth. Moon emoji.
2: Um mine is from Sophie and it just says Call Me by Your Name. Five stars. I was <laughs> trying to type time and my phone auto-corrected it to Timothy. Wipes <laughs> a tear w- away. It knows me. <laughs> I just liked that. Timothy rocks.
0: <laughs> my my letterbox review comes from Alyssa.
2: Um Thank you, Alyssa.
0: Uh it says she says, I can't believe a scene where a twink sticks his dick into a peach made me cry. That's cinema, baby.
1: It is cinema. Thank you for Alyssa. three of us who saw it. Um, I have a review from Ayana on Letterboxd, and they say there was a fly in the room. Um, I didn't realize I bought a ticket to call me by your name, 4DX. <laughs> I just want also- to point out
0: Ayana has like at least five reviews on, on here for this
1: movie.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna cut this bit too, but uh because it's so long. Um but here is a review that uh really resonates with me. Um so buckle up boys because it's a longer one. This is by XCLW. Kay. This is one star. Uh it says I don't get the hype that this movie gets. This movie is so problematic and fucking ridiculous. One of the mo- worst representations of bisexual men that I have seen. Here's a list of the things that make me angry or make me roll my eyes. One, the age gap and power dynamics were uncomfortable to watch. Ellie is obviously too immature for a relationship with an adult. And I felt that Oliver really liked to be in power. Two, slurping or blowjob sounds were intense. Also the peach okay. sounds, LOL. Three, stop making bisexuals cheat on their fucking lover from an angry bisexual. Thanks for the stereotypes. Fuck off. Four, stop using women to make the other person jealous or just use them for sex. Five, that blowjob just to see if Elio was hard was fucking revolting, and if someone would do this to me, I would be pissed. Again, an example of how Oliver likes to be in a position of power, at least that's how Mm -hmm. I see it. Six, peach scene was hilarious, Mm -hmm. lol. Yeah, I understand the metaphor of the forbidden fruit slash the peach represents the desire to fuck men, but seriously, it was just too much and it didn't fit with the rest of the movie, except the fact that they can't stop talking about the apricots for the first half of the movie. Seven, these characters, Elio and Oliver, are so privileged, cocky, and pretentious, it reminds me of Mm -hmm. the people in film class or art class that are just annoying, just unlikable characters. Eight, the fly in the last emotional shot. Nine, the cinematography was uninspired (laughs) and so boring. How hard is it to make good shots when your film is set in fucking Italy? The exceptions were the shots of the Italian winter landscapes. I feel like the movie, uh, or I feel like the people that like this movie, don't watch a lot of gay films because people keep repeating how gay it is, which I find funny because there's two heterosexual scenes, uh, and they're both bisexuals. I am sorry that I came across as an angry person, but this movie just gives me the homo or gives the homophobes more reason to think that gay men are pedophiles, and with the Kevin Spacey scandal, uh, it's not the time for. Of this movie. holy shit there's uh, so much
2: in that review and, pulling in all kinds of stuff uh,
0: and that bisexuals will always eventually cheat on you or leave you for heterosexual relationship uh there are a few good things about this movie the acting was okay the dad is the best character and the scene when mystery of love by sufjan S- uh, stevens is playing was quite amazing even if i hated that couple i also like the fact that it takes uh its time with things even if it could be boring sometimes But Elliot was bored so it made sense don't recommend it, and I hope other queer movies will get more praise. Thank you, uh, can you XCLW.
1: <laughs> can you send me that review? Because aside from number eight, that is exactly <laughs> how I felt about this movie, and it's the reason I was not looking forward to watching it. I'm glad we watched it, but that was exactly how I feel about this movie. Okay.
2: It makes me feel bad for enjoying
1: it. Like um, I wholeheartedly oh. agree with that review. Aside yeah. from the cinematography bit, because I love the cinematography.
0: I will take, uh, per usual, since it was my pick, I will take the last review. But uh, whoever wants to go first, let's get that 135 going.
3: I'll go first. I'm going to okay. give it a very, just the lightest of lightest uh, threes. Just featherweight three. Mm. And the reason for that is I did love that it was like this devastating story of a first love. So, like, you've got all of the anxiety and the whole, he doesn't know what a good relationship should look like. Like, what is healthy? Because obviously he gets taken advantage of in a number of ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very accurate to what it's trying to depict. And it is emotional in that respect. I do agree with the review that Kyle just read, is that it's, like, this guy's too old. He's too old, and it looks bad, and it makes me uncomfortable because he's so old. Because it is bad. That's why it looks bad. And for that reason, I have to really gut it a bit because that they could have done it with somebody more like it didn't have to be a graduate student. Maybe it could have like bent the rules a bit, made it an undergraduate student, or yeah. something. It just slows the range a little bit so it's not so dramatic.
1: Kyle, you should and leave that, that big review. review in. I
2: liked it. You should leave that in. I I would give it a peachy four. My what Miles is a
0: 135.
2: Oh, sorry. Oh fuck. Uh <laughs> <laughs> <a> peachy three <laughs> damn it i literally wrote one three five and then i screwed it up so you could bad. give it a
1: a strong peachy three or a very peachy three i would give no it four.
2: a strong pg3 <laughs> okay i wasn't thinking as much about the critiques that i just heard throughout but i think that people are shivvy and our early experiences with love are shitty, or at least mine were. And I feel like this mirrors my. I identified with the characters and just the. That young love is messy and that somebody is often getting taken advantage of in some way, but it doesn't make it bad or both people bad. And maybe the specifics of like his age are problematic but like the feeling of yeah i don't need to defend it too much but i just sure. i identified with the it felt real to me in a way that was like yeah okay mm-hmm. i can i i feel what the young kid is feeling and i understand how yeah i don't know
1: i'm really struggling with this review or this rating because like i said i thought the cinematography was great the soundtrack was awesome. But I just can't, like, look past the things that were read in the cut long review from (laughs) Letterboxd. It's... It really summed up how I felt watching this and kind of why I didn't want to watch it. And, like, I guess that definitely means I had, like, preconceived notions about this. Like, I can't deny that. But after watching it, it's like, yes, all those things that I heard were true. And I was very uncomfortable with them while watching it. This is very difficult. I... I think I'm gonna give it a one, but I don't know what descriptor to put on it. It's an ambiguous one, Ooh, I <laughs> leaning love that. towards leaning towards three, four. The uh, the directorial and cin- cinematographic uh, choices, I guess. Yeah, I don't know how to articulate this. This movie made me uncomfy.
0: Uh, because it was my film, I will get the last word here. Uh, and the review, the, the number that I will give it is a, I'm going to give it a flaccid three out of five. Um, and here's why. So I, as I had said last week, I have seen this movie before, um, because I had heard so much about it. Uh, and last time I watched it, didn't care for it. Uh, for multiple reasons. I thought it was very boring. thought it was very long, thought it was not great. Um, this time going in, I had been pre-exposed. Uh, so still not great. In fact, apparently on Letterboxd, I gave it a four. I would not give it a four anymore. I will drop my review down. <laughs> uh, I will say the 17 and 27 dynamic isn't what threw me off of their relationship. That is like weird, but it's fine. It's somewhat acceptable. The thing that does throw me off is... Oliver's power trip and loving the the uh, power dynamic in the relationship is what makes it predatory. Like obviously it's in the eighties and homosexual relationships are not that accepted and they're very hard to find. So the fact that it's a 17 year old and a 27 year old, isn't that wild, especially for the time that this is set, they happen to find someone who else is like okay with it. Uh, So them accepting each other makes sense however again the <laughs> oliver's need for power in the the power dynamics of the relationship was weird and what what just didn't work for me i did not care about the relationship the entire movie i i could care less until the end when you see elio cry because i really liked elio and i sympathized for him but That's the only reason that I felt much for them. Uh, The dad, the parents in general were the best characters of the movie, and Marcia. I I did really like Marcia, even if me too. The boobies in my gay movie, but uh, that I guess I'll just leave it at that. Uh, it was it was decent, but it was exactly as last time <laughs> i thought maybe this time around i would enjoy it more but i did not i've heard so many good things about it and i've been seeing like recently because it's pride month like people are talking about it again and i was like ah, i should give it another shot because it's a lot of people's favorite movie and i was like i still don't get it i i know that like i i had mentioned the peach scene not that long ago when Sab was over and she goes oh love that movie and i was like do you <laughs> because cause <laughs> i don't get it i'll have to watch it again and I also still don't love the movie, but it's, it's okay. I, I will not be watching it a third time. Two times was enough for me.
1: Could I just throw out a couple um, movies I think are better representations of the gay community than Ooh, this?
0: Please do. Yes. Start with Luca. I...
1: <laughs> Luca! Luca's so good. Go watch it. Um, one of the best movies I watched this year is called And Then We Danced. It's a Georgian movie. It is so good. It's incredible. I was crying through a lot of it. I, I won't go into it, but I, just look it up. I think it told kind of the same story as this um, without the gross age gap and power dynamics and questionable b- portrayals of bisexuality. Um, very worth checking out. It's very, very good. Um, Moonlight? Go watch Moonlight. I watch Moonlight. love that movie. Yeah. Again, so so good. Same reasons as I said before, and a, a fun one. Smart. Pride Month, baby. Go watch Book smart so I good. love
2: is a fucking funny movie.
1: Yeah, baby. Um, so could I pitch my movie to you guys? Because I I picked the one I'm I decided. Uh, please, please do. Please do. Okay, so I had, like I said, I had two ideas, two really good movies I love, but because next Tuesday, um, still gonna be Pride Month, so my movie is black swan anybody seen it Ah, i love black swan yeah i love black swan the 2010 natalie portman mila kunis joint uh natalie portman won best actress it's so good music music's incredible very cool (laughs) story horror-esque great drama i'm very excited for it i haven't seen it i've only seen this movie once and it was it was the kind of movie where you're like wow I need to, like, let this settle in my, in my brain for a couple years because it was so good.
3: When you get a nosebleed, if you use ice, it does constrict the blood vessels, and it does help slow the nosebleed. You use it on the oh. bridge of your nose. So, well,
1: that makes
2: sense, yeah. One
3: little okay. tidbit. Yeah.
2: Perfect Thank off. you. Let's sign off with that every week. Uh,
0: anyways, uh, I guess, uh, thanks for listening. Hello. I'm Kyle. I'm Dean.
1: Bye. I'm Coach Gordon Bombay, he, him.
0: I'm going to stop recording now. <laughs> that was smooth. <sweet. laughs>